and the death symbol. I every And when the music's over, start up the podcast. Start up the podcast. When the music's over, start up the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is uh, 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, March. I don't even know what date it is. Is it March? 31st. March 31st, 2000, the year of our Lord, 2017. And you are listening to this American podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySkillsRadio.com. Matt Eisman is going to be uh, is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Rob, have you been to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy? I have. And isn't that a beautiful club? It's amazing. It's a it's a gorgeous place. It's one of those places that when you walk in, if you just walked in off the street, going, "What's going on here?" You go, "Oh, this is a cool place." You know, kind of like seeing an attractive human being. Go, that's an attractive human being. You walk into that club, and you have the same uh, you have the same uh, sort of um, same sort of uh, erotic excitement. So. Um, uh, he's going to be at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. Interesting guy, Matt Eisenman. We're going to talk to him about it. Surely, uh, correct me if I'm wrong as I go down this list here. He is actually a um, um, a brain surgeon. So he was a doctor, like an MD, not a brain surgeon. So Matt Eisman is a medical doctor. Yeah. Okay. And he also was on Celebrity Apprentice. The new one, the brand new, yeah. the reboot, the, the remix, yes. 2000, was he on in 2015 or 17? 17. 2017 with Arnold Schwarzenegger, not with uh, the uh, uh, current occupant of the White House. Okay, I think we're getting a call right now. Let's see if this is him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have on the line, we have on the line, uh, None other than Matt Eisman, who is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. So you went from being a doctor to being a stand-up comic. First off, you said your father's a doctor. Do you come from a family of doctors and physicians? Yeah, yeah. My uncles, I've got uncles who are doctors. Um, obviously, you know, all my roommates from med school, they didn't quit. They're still doctors, so lots of friends. It, uh, you know, on paper... Did you, like, remove the wrong kidney? Were you one of those guys? You go, I got to get out of this. <laughs> I Right, yeah. And a couple lawsuits forced me out. Remove yeah. the wrong leg. You amputated the wrong leg. It oh. was... Boy, you hear those stories, and you think, that's got to be a bad day. Oh, I, uh, for the patient, more so than the doctor, but both of them. Yeah, it depends on for, your perspective. For me, I think it's... I loved... I love science. I love helping people. Medicine was the perfect profession on paper, but... I got into it, and my heart wasn't in it, and I just decided I wanted to take some time and clear my brain, and, and I, that's when I found stand-up, and I just fell in love with being on stage, and there's something about like the immediacy of, of just you on the stage with the crowd, and when you get them laughing, to me, it's like just the greatest feeling, and I love, I, I, it's just kind of, I guess, what I envisioned, <laughs> what I would get from medicine, is what I get from being on stage. Just the idea of making people laugh is uh, is awesome. So it wasn't obviously it wasn't kind of how I planned out my my life, this career path. But it's it's been uh, I've never regretted leaving medicine. And I I every time I get to be on stage, I just think I I completely made the right choice. You know, my patients probably agree. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> glad he left. Um, right. You have one of my favorite lines of yours 
is, uh, and I'm going to massacre it, and then you can talk about it, but I just want to say it. Uh, this way I can say your joke without stealing it because I'm quoting it to you. Right, right. Uh, 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 the line is uh, if you, that, our, that our cars are more well-insured than our bodies, so if you get yeah. sick, don't drive to an emergency room, drive into an emergency room. You, you nailed it. It's true, <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's slightly changed with Obamacare, but it is amazing. You can't drive a car without insurance on it, but... You know, and you know, it looks like who knows if we'll continue to have health insurance. There are millions of of Americans, particularly young Americans, without health insurance. And you talk about it, you get injured. It's, you better happen in your car because then you know you're covered. And it's it's crazy. I'm lucky. I I had health insurance when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. But you you know, you look at how uh, that it could just be a life changing financial experience. Uh, aside from the fact that you're dealing with an illness, but you know, something bad happens. You get an injury. You can be you could be broke very quickly. So I don't think people understand that. Take a message: is get insurance. Yeah, you know, um, I had a chronic condition for many years that uh, uh, has been alleviated, thank goodness. But when I finally was able to get the medication for it, and it was a process, and I see where people get frustrated. Go, took me like six months, and I go, well, some of these things are going to take time. I think that what it is is that there's more people in this country with ADHD than we realize, and they just can't deal. They just don't. With a little yeah. patience, life is a lot better. Anyway, I get the medication. It retails for eighty thousand dollars. Because of oh, a boy. because of a, the Affordable Care Act, I paid five dollars, and yeah. it's sitting there on the table in two medicine bottles. And my wife and I are looking at it. We're just kind of looking at it, and my wife goes, "That's the most expensive thing we own right now." And I go, "Yeah." Wow. And I go, "You know, we could sell half of it." <laughs> <laughs> and we do okay. And then I'll just go back and say, "Hey, it didn't work. You have to give me another run." But we didn't. Tell yeah, you. right. <laughs> you end up uh, dealing dealing chronic medications in the black market. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, for me, I'm on I'm on a medication, a biologic drug for my rheumatoid arthritis that costs around twenty thousand dollars a dose, and and I'm getting it every two months. But I'm I'm fortunate that insurance covers it. You but look yeah, healthy. Right. You don't look like you look like a guy who plays golf every day or yeah, something. Yeah, no, it's. You know, it's 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 amazing. I, I think, and that's why I like. I you know, when I was on Apprentice, I was competing for the Arthritis Foundation, and I had the chance to tell my story. And I, for for me, it uh, I am I am relatively healthy, I, but but it's it's because I've responded to the medication. But but I look at when I was diagnosed, even as a doctor, you know, you look up these diseases, you see the worst case scenario. You see people who are just devastated by the disease because it's 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 what's in the textbooks and. I, I, for me, I, I want people to know that you know having rheumatoid arthritis doesn't mean you can't have a full life, and so that's why I'm I'm so open about you know sharing my my battles with the disease sure. and letting people know. Look, you can you can you can go on Apprentice, you can do stand up comedy, you can talk about ninjas, and we even on American Ninja Warrior, one of our best contestants is a guy who also has rheumatoid arthritis, and so you know I I, I think it's 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 one of those things when you were faced with the disease you you kind of you know you 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 battle and then you try to help others who are in the same fight and that's why you know i've i've tried to do as much as i can with the arthritis foundation yeah that is great i want to ask you about the apprentice you were on the apprentice not with the yeah. not with the current occupant uh, the guy who resides at 1600 pennsylvania avenue uh right. two or three days a week right. but with a guy who at one time was uh governor of the state of california uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was, I mean, for me, I grew up, you know, Predator, Commando, Terminator, Conan the Barbarian. I, 
literally the bedroom where where I grew up in Colorado. My house, my parents still live in the house. I've got the I've got a Schwarzenegger poster on my bedroom wall, and and to be sitting in the room with this guy who, you know, was the biggest movie star on the planet, who was a two-term governor in California. For me, it was just it was it was it was it was uh, such a an awesome moment for me to feel like. Um, it's an experience I'll never forget. And let alone mentioning, you know, Boy George, the lead singer of Motley Crue, Vince Neil, and and NFL players like Eric Dickerson and Ricky Williams, people who I've known for years, if not decades, and been fans of. It really was fun for me to get to be in there and and hanging out with these people and you know doing these ridiculous tasks. I was talking like at one point I'm sitting there as Boy George and Vince Neil are writing a song and I'm just thinking like what an experience it is getting sure. to watch these two come up with the song and then I'm in a recording booth singing while they're listening to me and it was it was it was it was an amazing experience and in the end I raised almost a million dollars for my charity I got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know we're we're doing did you lift weights with him together did you, did you get together and do some bicep curls and- there's no so that guy he, at one point he's walking around in a t-shirt he still has the Alaska pipeline running down his biceps. This dude is still jacked. I was scared to go into the weight room with him, but uh, he was—he was awesome. I really enjoyed getting to to know him, and and I just thought he was—you know—I I mean, I'll be forever grateful to him for the opportunity and the fact that you know it's nearly a million dollars to my charity and get to share my story. You know, a lot of people don't really realize what uh, way back what a. Uh, uh, influence Schwarzenegger was on the culture weightlifting was considered kind of a weird thing you know those oh. and, and then with him it exploded into becoming what is nowadays you know of course the the health and fitness industry gyms or whatever uh, uh, and primarily he was the driver of it you know they did the movie uh, uh, I think it was pumping iron pumping iron yeah, yeah totally. it's, I joined it's a gym after I saw it I met him in the 70s in uh in Santa Monica, and when he was at the height of his weightlifting, and he was an impressive-looking dude. Well, he that was one of the things I loved was I, I felt like I knew his story because I've been a fan since back then, too. And But, you know, I read his book and really researched the guy and realized, you know, he came to America with nothing other than, you know, a ridiculous physique. But he, he just, when he got here, you know, he was a relentless promoter of himself of bodybuilding of any project he was involved in he started mail order workouts mail order supplements he started a contracting business he got involved in real estate and was a millionaire before he ever made a movie he was already a millionaire from real estate investments this is a guy who was a self-made man and i loved for, for me it was just you know you have an opportunity to learn from someone who who came here with nothing and a horrible austrian accent and you know, becomes royalty, marries a Kennedy, and becomes the governor. And and to see someone who who just through sheer force of will and hard work can can do all that, I, I think it's one of those things where you just you you want to learn learn from them and learn the lessons. That was you know it's so crazy an apprentice in the boardroom when he would tell the story about being governor. He never talked about being a movie star. Um, he talked about bodybuilding. He talked about those days when he was 18, 19 years old, the ridiculous things he would do to to find an audience. And I think it was, I, I just, I loved the passion that this guy still has. And with Apprentice, we saw it, where he was out there, he's like, this is a guy who, 
will be the first one to show up and the guy who's like, you know, who, who could, the biggest star, one of the biggest stars on the planet and is still the guy who's like, look, I'll be the one who's going to outwork anyone. And I loved, I loved just being around that energy and, and hearing the stories. You know, at a certain point, we got to sit down and I got to have a cigar with the guy and he's just telling stories about making Predator and running for governor and, and you know, the bodybuilding and all these stories. It's just, what a, what a fascinating guy he, he is. He is, uh, he's something else. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not even going to, because you don't strike me as the type. I'm, I'm not going to bring it, because uh, like I said, I met Arnold. I live in L.A. There's, there's other stories we could talk about with Arnold, but I don't think. No, and you know what's funny is, like, you know, obviously he's had, you know, his, his foibles, his dalliances, his, the, the things that weren't good. And, and you know, he's, he's, he doesn't run from him. He's like, yeah, I made my mistakes. And he's just a guy who's trying to move forward. And uh, uh, look. You know, obviously, what he did with his wife was uh, was not uh, the not best good relationship. Yeah, not good at all. And uh, but it's it's uh, you know, like, you know what I, I like. I, I don't. You know what I like that he did recently though is uh, um, uh, the current occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue began, which struck me as not now nothing strikes me as weird with that guy, but was attacking him. Because of the ratings, oh my God. and instead of folding or getting mad or anything, he just came back and goes, you know what they think? I think Donald's in love with me. All he talks about is me. He's obsessed. He loves me. And he He's just a, threw I, it back I at him. I love it. Yeah. It, it was great. I thought he handled it perfectly. It was surreal, you know, as we're on this show, to have the president tweeting about the ratings of the show. It was, you know, and it was, what was unfortunate yeah. is I felt like for a lot of people... They just wouldn't tune in because you know it became politicized and yeah ultimately you know the, i felt like the show is trying to do some good for you know be some mindless entertainment but at the same time do some good for charity so it was it was surreal to be to to kind of be witness to this in a front row seat for it and so the day after i won uh i got a call from washington dc and i'm just like my god the president is calling. Now, it turned out it was a spam call, but for a second I thought, <laughs> he's calling me. And half, part of me thinks he's going to congratulate me, and part of me thinks he's going to go, you're nothing. It would have been a lot bigger if I was, you know, just this <laughs> surreal pettiness. But uh, it was, it was, yeah, it, was, it, 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 it still is, is mind-blowing to me, looking at how, you know, a reality star on it. Like, I host a, a reality show on NBC. Sure. And that's what, uh, the president was doing two years ago so you know technically i guess i'm campaigning for what the 2020 in the white house i've got a good shot tell us about and uh, you know uh, um uh, we've never met unfortunately i'm gonna try to remedy remedy that this weekend some of the guys that we talked to uh, i have met but tell me about your current job on nbc american ninja warrior we're heading into season nine and it's just been it's been a phenomenon to watch it so for those who don't know it's the world's most difficult obstacle course and what's been great with the show is just seeing it grow from, it started on a G4, a cable channel that no longer exists, and it's just grown into this thing that um, has really transcended the show and become a sport. And you know, what's great is in Phoenix right now, we've got uh, Adam Rail and April Gould. They're, they're ninjas in the Arizona area, and virtually wherever I go in the country now, we've got ninjas. We've had competitors from all 50 states. We've got gyms there, and it is—it's—it's it's been amazing for me. The the athletic element of it is great. Watching these 
these you know really ordinary people do extraordinary things on the course is awesome. But for me, the stories of these athletes are incredible. We've you know we've had amputees come out. We've had people with cystic fibrosis or stage. We had a guy with stage four pancreatic cancer competing on the course. Wow. And what's been amazing is seeing how look you know we're heading into season nine. Only two people have ever completed. Uh, all four stages of our final course in Las Vegas, Mount Midoriyama. It's ridiculously hard. Every other person has fallen. And what we've seen, though, is these people still have success. Getting on the course for these people, completing a single obstacle can be a huge victory. And it's been awesome, I think, seeing, um, you know, boys and girls. We've had Casey Catanzaro, this five-foot-tall gymnast who really was one of our first big competitors to break through and to see how many you know girls started competing and smaller people started competing and you know we've had older competitors and i i think it's just this thing where men women young old short tall everyone competes on the same course and uh i i think it's just coming a good time where the the message of the show is it's really it's it's just about hard work and it's about kind of defining success in your own terms and it's it's been amazing to be a part of it and to feel like someday i'm gonna get in shape to do it not this year but someday tony i'm gonna get in <laughs> shape to do american ninja warrior you know maybe we'll work out together you know you are an amazing guy from hosting american ninja warriors being on winning a celebrity apprentice uh stand-up comedy career and a doctor you know there's days when i get up and go i'm not putting shoes on today and you have a <laughs> Hey, I'm much more impressive on paper. Right now, I'm actually lying in bed with my shoes off, contemplating a nap. So I don't want to make it sound like this is every day. I I, I could be just as lazy. And like I said, with Ninja Warrior, I I call these people annoyingly fit. They always make me feel like I'm going to get into the gym. I have yet to do it, though. (laughs) Well, like I said, maybe we'll go together. Matt Eisman, you are at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows. Sunday for one show. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy is at 5350 East High Street. Uh, a lot of, hold on, hold on. I've got a, I got a special thing here. 5350 East High Street. I, I, have, I have one sound effect in the studio. We put it in for our friend Rick, who uh, I talked to him uh, the other day, and uh, uh, he might, you need some doctor's advice right now. So um, uh, you're there. Go ahead. He's great. We just, he picked me up this morning. We went out for coffee and did a little press and, He's great. I, I got to say, he runs a great club. He takes really good care of the comics. He loves and comics. Him out, you're going to have a good time. He is a funny man. Who's working with you? Who's on the uh, undercard? Um, geez, I, I'm not sure. It was uh, Tom Sims is MC. I'm not sure who they have featuring. Ricardo was there last night. I think he's going to be back again tonight. So, but it's a uh, it's a fun show. We, we really Tom Sims is a like very that. funny guy. Very funny guy. He's so th- great. Yeah, that, that is uh, that is, that is a great lineup along with uh, uh, Ricardo as well. So, Matt, we got to go, but uh, folks, if you want to see this show, uh, all you got to do is uh, all you got to do is put in houseofcomedy.net, houseofcomedy.net in your browser. It'll take you right to where you can buy tickets for the show. Also, if you hit me up by messenger on my Facebook page, Tony Visick V I C I C H, I might be able to hook you up with a couple of passes. Matt, great meeting you it, over buddy. the phone. We're going to meet in Likewise. person soon. Thank you very much. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks, bud.